Greetings from Pandora. Welcome to A Vault Hunter's Guide to the Borderlands, the best Borderlands podcast on the Echo Net. I'm Drew. I'm Jeff. Thanks for joining us today for episode number 22, where today we're going to be talking about the community love letter and what it means for us. But first, just a quick reminder that you can always get in contact with us via Twitter at Vault Hunters Pod or through our email, a vault hunters guide at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can watch us record the podcast live at twitch.tv slash a vault hunters guide. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, so every time we come in here and we're like, I'm Drew, I'm Jeff, but really, at this point, let's just call us, let's just call us Nostradamus. <laughs> Nostradamus? What yeah. for? Why? Because we keep oh, on predicting, because yeah. <laughs> we keep on predicting all of this stuff. <clears throat> yeah, dude. It was, uh, yeah, if you go back and listen to, they listened, or did they? Part one, uh, which is this, this is part two. If you went and listened to part one, like, we talked about a lot of this stuff. Um, that is uh, in the community love letter. So, um, yeah, yeah. Hey, so, yeah. remember? Hey, remember how I said we have cool stuff? Now give us cool stuff to do with it. And then they're like, "Lol, shoot hearts, get guns." It's like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can do. Yep. Yeah. So, Grant, um, <clears throat> granted, we understand that that's something that they did with the the bloody harvest thing, but I didn't expect it to be like quite, you know, like. Even, even even more so than that. I mean, that was the idea. It's like the Bloody Harvest was cool because the new area and everything like that. But just being able to get random stuff that you normally wouldn't be able to through the, you know, through regular gameplay was pretty sick. But I'm getting ahead of myself, so. Yeah, for sure. Let's go ahead and, uh, first of all, how have your past two weeks in the Borderlands been? Oh, loving it. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. I've, I've been killing it. I've been playing a lot more on PC recently. And I got to tell you, I finally got to that point with my flak playthrough where everything has just whoop, just like come together. It's amazing. Mm. Nice. And I like I'm, that the people who are just listening to this won't see the hand gesture that you just made. So I'm going to say. Like, I'm going to tell them that it was lewd because they don't know. No, nah, it wasn't. It was not lewd. It was more like if <laughs> anyone could have done that. Be it like, was more like, be like, you know, things have just gone. Whoop, just come right together. <laughs> yeah, but I did not. Uh, if anything, the hand gesture that I made was more like it was it was it was like a crab. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Taking the four fingers on one hand and bringing them close <laughs> together towards one's thumb on both hands. So if that's close to your body and pointed upwards, that is considered a crab. If it's with one arm and extended forward way far in front of your body, then it's speaking Italian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, oh man, bop it. Yeah, so good anyway. things are things are like working out for your for your um, flack though. Yeah, man, uh, that's something I want to tell you guys about real quick. If you are playing as critical hit flack and you're going through the game, do not sleep on the Jacobs stagecoach shotguns, especially when mm-hmm. you have the ability to reload after every critical hit. I was one-shotting stuff. Granted, yes, it was normal mode and everything like that, but I wasn't over-leveled. I was actually under-leveled in it, and it was still just absolutely destroying stuff. So just just killing yeah. it. Yeah, I think actually Jolts had a um, did, released a video recently where he was talking about he he calls it Deputy Flack, and yeah, that just went up um, today. I think I think it was yesterday, but yeah, okay, yeah. Um, well, I mean, as of this recording, of course. How, and I think that he talks about the stagecoach in there um, mm-hmm. and how good it is. So, 
Um, so yeah, I mean, he's he's Mayhem 4, you know, max level and still using epic weapons instead of legendaries sometimes. So, yeah. so that's pretty cool. Um, How about you? Yeah, I went... I have been playing a little bit more recently, which is good, mainly because of the Broken Hearts event. Excuse me, that uh, came out. Sure. And the uh, and the subsequent uh, you know level cap increase. So I'm like, okay, cool. I've got stuff to do again in here. So it's been it's been good. Um, yeah, I'm. I got uh, both my Zane and my Flak back up to max level, and now we just we're starting the grind again. So, um, but let's. Waiting for that one person out there being like, back up to max level? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, let's go ahead. We'll we'll get into that in a sec. First, let's uh, read off a couple of quick uh, tweets from f- listeners like you. Let's start with the uh, second one first, actually, just because that makes sense. Yeah, okay. First from uh, You Can Call Me T-Rex. You see that community love letter? They listened or did they part two? Electric yes. Boogaloo. <laughs> yes, you can call me T Rex. That's that's exactly what we're doing. Um, yep. So, good. so I watched the the Borderlands show when it went up on YouTube, like as it premiered, mm-hmm. and and that's as as I was watching, you know, there was as it started up, the tweet came out that had a link to the community love letter. So I was like reading that, listening to the show, and and I was like, well, there's there's our next episode, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that was cool. Um, but yeah, we are literally calling it They Listened or Did They Part 2 Electric Electric Boogaloo. Boogaloo. (laughs) So thank you. You can call me T-Rex. Yes, that's what we're doing. Uh, next. Yeah. So next we have one from Mr. Lucky on Twitter says, uh, hey, Vault Hunters pod. I know you're a podcast, but which platform do you guys prefer? Is it your original Twitch stream, your port to the podcast platforms, or still the untapped potential of the tubes of you? Also, most popular Borderlands 3 Vault Hunters at release versus now. Thanks. Great show. Uh, appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, generally, uh, the, the preferred platform is uh, any, anywhere where you would normally get a podcast. For me, that would be Spotify, because things go up in there. I think. Drew, you use Stitcher a lot for that, right? No, I actually use Apple Podcasts. Do you? Okay, I wasn't sure. Um, you used to use Stitcher, though, didn't you? I did, yeah. I was using Stitcher when I was on Android. Okay, gotcha. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, uh, it just it just makes sense. We're, we're meant to be... At this point, the podcast for us is still meant to be heard and... N- while it can be seen, that's not the primary focus of it, is our goal and our intention. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, if I don't, I don't imagine, I don't know that there would ever be a scenario like this where it's like, well, we could either do it this way and that'd be better for the audio, or we could do it this way and this would be better for the visual. But if for some reason we did have a choice to make for that, we would, we would go with the audio route because that's the definitely, um, uh, more that's the more consumed version, and that's how we intended this podcast from the beginning. Right. So the 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 Twitch and the YouTube stuff is all kind of secondary. It's like, well, we might as we can we can do this in addition to the podcast, you know? Correct. And yep. without without any kind of excessive, um, I don't know, without without it being super difficult. So right. Yep. Absolutely. So so that's why we do that. Also, most popular Borderlands 3 Vault Hunters at release versus now. So, 
Uh, at the time of release, um, the most popular one was Flack, uh, right? By so, a long ways. Yeah, yeah, by a long, long ways. Um, it's kind of awkward now because I'm really starting to get into Flack and I'm kind of hitting my groove with it. So, um, so yeah, I I still think Zane is awesome though, uh, and that would be my preferred choice still for anything to play. Um, if if I were to rank it so far though, I would say that Zane would be first. I would honestly have a tie between Flack and Amara, and I know that's cheating, and then Moe's honestly would probably be my least favorite. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think that's how the community at large kind of sees it now, too. I think that with <clears throat> with the release of the Sea and Dead class mod, I think that Zane is probably the most popular Vault Hunter currently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's it's Zane, Flack, um, Amara, Moe's. Right. And, and Moe's is no slouch. Like, there's nothing wrong with Moe's, so... Yeah, there's nothing wrong with Moe's. It's just that uh, the I feel that the play style for Moe's is vastly different than any of the other three and is also not as customizable and it's not able to be fitted quite so much to one's own personal play style, if that makes sense. Sure, sure, that makes sense. Not, not to mention that it is a little <clears throat> bit less... It's a little bit less of an interesting playstyle because you have uh, infinite ammo modes and explosive modes and things like that, and those are those are fine, but it's nothing quite as fun or interesting as uh, critical hit flag or um, cryo zane or sea and dead zane, where you're just moving fast all the time, or even melee amara or anything along those lines. Sure, sure. Just personal opinion, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Um, it's, I feel similarly. Um, there's, there's seems to like while there's still a variety of things you can do with Moe's, Um, it seems to be, even it seems a little counterintuitive, but like I feel like she's more defensive than offensive, even even with like unlimited ammo, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I don't know why that is. It just that's just how it feels to me. Right. So, anyways, uh, with those things being said, let's go ahead and we'll get it right into the uh, community love letter and the broken hearts event and all and the February patch <clears throat> and everything that kind of came along with it. So, um, actually, the first thing I want to talk about because I because I forgot to put it in the show notes here for you and I to reference Uh-oh. is the, is the update to uh, true takedown mode. Yes. Okay. So, um, which is something that they toyed with uh, a couple of weeks ago when they started the rare chest event, I believe uh, rare um, s- chest or rare spawn event. It was I don't one remember. It was one of those two. It was one of those. They, they started toying with the idea of, <clears throat> of having uh the takedown scale to how many people are in your party. So, you know, whether it be one or whether it be four, you know, and anywhere in between. So I think that that was, that was a good move. And now it's, and now it's permanent. And now you can switch between, um, the, the scaled version of the takedown or what they call true takedown mode, which was how it was originally released. And you can change back and forth between the two by use of a uh, lever there in, uh, I believe it's in the Midnight Cairn. Um, yeah. I believe that's where the lever is. 
So, so you can have either or. So if you're still looking for that crazy hard challenge, you can do true takedown mode. If you're really just like, look, I'm just one guy or one gal or one flack, and you want to, mm-hmm. uh, and you want to play it and play solo, then you can. You have a better shot of doing that with uh, the scaled down version. Yep. So. Correct. And and I like it because I I've never I've never been one of those people where I think oh I've got to play this game on the hardest difficulty to prove how good I am. Nah, you you need to play the game on whatever difficulty gives you the most satisfaction out of it. That's <clears throat> yeah, agreed. That's how it works. So to me, the the ability to be able to scale it just makes sense, and I like that. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. It's definitely it's definitely a good idea, and I'm glad that they did it. And um maybe you could even kind of use it as a training tool, you know, like sure. work on the scaled down version and, and kind of find your rhythm and your groove and everything. And then you can, and and then you can go up to, uh, to the full on true takedown mode. Yeah. So maybe, yeah. maybe start off on like, like the scaled down version with no mayhem. Right. And kind of work and go through it and see how it goes and then keep increasing the mayhem maybe. And then once you're at full mayhem and you're, and you're still able to take it down, then maybe, Go back to no mayhem and then go to true. Go to true, true takedown take- mode. Yeah, I was thinking the yeah. same exact thing. It's perfect. Yeah, no, I like that idea. So I think it's I think it's great that they're able to do that. So yeah, um, I agree. So yeah, we're gonna be breaking down the entirety of the community love letter. Well, not the entirety of it, but the big major talking <clears throat> points that they had in there and sure. going through through it. Uh, the link to it will be in uh, the show notes. Hold on. <laughs> ah, there you go. There's some fresh germs for you right there. I am so glad that I have this uh, that I have this guard on my microphone. That's great. <laughs> anyway, right. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be going down and taking a look at it and talking about all the different key points of it. And then this will be in the notes uh, on your podcast platform of choice. So yeah, just uh, just also know that we are not going in order of the community love letter. We kind of just f- are going in whatever kind of order we feel like uh, is whatever we feel like uh, talking about first. So there, sure, absolutely, absolutely. So 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 the first and most important thing that came with the February patch is the uh, is the level cap increase. Um, when did the uh, when did this go live? This was on the thirteenth. Of February. Yep. Um, so, first of all, the the level cap increase has gone from fifty to fifty three. So, which my initial reaction when I found out that they were increasing at three levels was, why? Yeah. Why? Why three levels? Yeah, and you were not the only person to you were not the only person to have that question. Um. I thought it was a little strange as well. And the only concern I have about it, honestly, there were two concerns I had immediately is having to farm everything at level 53, which as soon as I molded over again, I was like, you know what? That's not a big deal. I actually kind of like that because I have so much crap that I just collected at the beginning of the game that I don't even use anymore. So this will give me... Yeah, there's... Sorry, go ahead. This will be a great chance for me to take all of that stuff that's just filling up my bank <clears> that I never use, get rid of it, and start with something else. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, also, I, they did talk to, uh, what's that guy's name? Graham Tierney, I want to say his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, uh, 
he was on the the Borderlands show and said that the reason he wanted they wanted to do three is because it it almost because a it gave people something to do you know gave gave us something interesting to yeah. to 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 do in a game where you grind loot and secondly um they didn't want to increase it by too much because then you're talking about having too many skills <clears throat> excuse me too many skill points that you're going to be able to do and like if you if you maximize your build currently it's going to be really well done and it's going to be plenty powerful sure so adding you know let's say that they bumped it up to 60 i mean 10 more points would make you you know really really overpowered um it's it would be it'd be a lot you know right. um so i'm i'm okay with 3 three's fine um how beneficial is it to have those three extra skill points uh it's actually fairly beneficial i would say because what i was able to do on my zane build that i have is I was able to take three skills that I had four out of five points in and put my fifth point into each of those, totally maxing those out. And that actually helped yeah. quite a bit. Um, and the... Because the nice thing about it is, unlike unlike uh, previous Borderlands games, it actually makes sense to have it be three because there are lots of skills where you might only need to put one point or three points in it to get the maximum amount of value out of it. So to me, this makes sense. Now, if this was uh, one of the past games where you could only put five points into it, that would be vastly different. It's like, well, great. Now I can put three more points into this one other skill. Now now what am I supposed to do? Right, right. So an example would be, um, I just pulled up our uh, flak build from the Team Hero Shooter thing, yeah. where it's a, where we make flak into a, uh, a tank here. And... <clears throat> Just by looking at this skill tree, now that we have three more points to uh, put into here, uh, we yeah. can put three point three more points in the stalker tree into the fast and the furious. So while above half health, which presumably if you're tanking and regenerating health and everything, you will be a lot of time, uh, you can put three points into fast and the furious. You'll get uh, an additional 24% in gun damage and a, an additional uh, 10% in movement speed. Yeah. That's, that can make a, that can make a really big difference. So yeah. um, that's just one example of, you know, the benefits of only just three points. So yeah. Absolutely, and even the same way, because we we cheated a little bit on that one. We just took K6's, uh, we took K6's uh, Sea and Dead Zane build from that one, and honestly, that's the thing, is you look right away at the Hitman tree, and upon looking at it, there are one, two, three, four, five, six skills that have four out of five points in that tree, there's one that has one out of three. Uh, so that's already seven potential things you could use it on. Uh, mm -hmm. And there are other trees where you can put other things too, if you wanted to. Uh, in fact, in his uh, double agent tree, there's also uh, Premunitas, which has three points that you can put into it. So you could put all three in there if you wanted to. Of course, we're not using Digiclone for it, so it wouldn't make much of a difference anyway. But, uh, well, I guess I guess it would make sense for, for Zane. So, hypothetically, let's just say you put three points into it. Now, your magazine size is... 25% larger. Yeah, 25% yeah. higher. So, yeah. those are just all things that you can do that are that are really nice 
helpful buffs <clears throat> to whatever it is you want to do. You want to get more yeah, damage? Sure. You want to have more magazine size? Do you want to move faster? Do you want to get more health upon killing an enemy? Do you want to have a, another 10% chance to fire an extra shot? I mean, all these different things. You know, do you want to have uh, your kill skill duration go up? All, like, there's so many options that even just having three points helps you out a ton with. Yeah, agreed. Uh, okay, so with that being said, uh, what do we have to say to the people who are pissed that they have to refarm all their level 50 gear? I understand your plight. Uh, going back to this, because I'm not trying to brush anybody off. I really do understand this. It's like I talked about on the last episode, where uh, when we were talking about the rare spawns and everything, nobody wants to maybe only have an hour to play and to have a tough time doing what they actually want to achieve in the game in that short amount of time. If you have, if you have. Uh, other things that you need to do. So in this instance, it is kind of a bummer for those people. Um, however, this game is going to have an extremely long shelf life. So I think that overall, yeah, it's kind of a bummer right now for anyone who has currently farmed that stuff and was finally getting everything fleshed out, but you'll still have time in the future. And if I can be just real about this straight up for a second, we all knew that a level cap increase was coming. We, we knew whether it was going to be three points after a few months or whether it was going to be 10 points after a year, we all knew it was going to happen eventually. Yeah, it was just, I mean, that's how it was done in uh, Borderlands two as well. Right. When it first came out was, it was, um, they kind of did small incremental level, uh, level cap increases. I'm pretty sure that the first time they did it, they went from because max level for a long time was 72. I think they went from 50 to 60, I want to say. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, but again, that's a that's a number that kind of makes sense for that, because it's like, hey, you can fill out two more entire skills. Yeah. You know? And the other thing <clears> about <throat> that, too, they made it a little bit a little bit more approachable because that was also when UVHM was introduced. So, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So it was a situation where it's like, hey, you've got all these things and now you're going to get to higher levels and everything. So it's like, oh, but we're going to give you another playthrough to go ahead and do it with. It's like, oh, OK, well, that's that's not too bad then. So any any of the stuff that I really wanted, I can still go ahead and get from story or whatever. Now we have yeah. now the big difference is we just have the option to go ahead and reset playthroughs, which is not that big of a deal. So, yes. Yep. Uh, so one of the questions uh, that a lot of people are going to ask is, is it worth it to refarm all this gear that I have all that I've worked so hard on getting? And the answer uh, unequivocally is yes. Um, and we have we have um, a, a very small piece to reference here, but uh, Jolts tweeted out um, that he had done some research on the difference between weapons at level 50 and weapons at level 53 and a level 53 weapon has uh 29.467681% more damage than the same weapon at level 50. So let's call it let's call it 30%, right? Let's say it has a it does on average 30% more damage than the same weapon at level 50 and that's a really that's a really big difference. Yeah, that's um, sizable. That's that's more than what you get from fully filling out some of your skills in your skill trees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, in addition to that, the the thing to me is that 
um, farming. First of all, farming gear is not exactly why I play the game. I play the game because I like to do. I like to kill massive bosses and stuff, and farming the gear makes it easier to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, it's and the cool thing is that you can, like you said, you can kind of fix your bank. Like, I know that my bank was just crammed full of a bunch of crap that I yep. didn't even need. Mm -hmm. um, so now you get to go and refarm a lot of this stuff, and you might get better rolls, which I'm excited about. Like, let's say you're going and farming for a dictator, right? And you didn't feel like spending a ton of time on it. Like, with, with how randomization works in Borderlands 3, you might go and farm a dictator and then get a get an anointed one now. Or, you know, just get a an element that you've been looking for. Something along those lines. It's yep. it gives you the opportunity to go and to go and get higher damage and better stat stuff and gives you the option of getting a better roll on that stuff too. So I think it's I think it's totally worth it. And um, I think it's great. I'm really excited about uh, the level cap increase. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. I would give advice to people who are still a little bit salty about it, and this may only make you more mad. So don't at me. But uh, really, take this as a chance to really try and Marie Kondo your <laughs> your setup that you have going on. Because I did. I had so much stuff that I never that I never needed uh, and in my bank. It was just ridiculous. So mm -hmm. that would be my advice is think about your build. Maybe you might have, even if, you, even if you're using two to three builds for different characters, depending on things. Let's say you've got a radiation flak, a critical hit flak, and a, I don't know, a uh, rack attack flak. Just use yeah. that as a just use that as a way to be able uh, to change things up and really only get the things that you need for it. If you see a recursion, maybe I don't know. Even that can be pretty good on on the right flag build. But even I don't know. If you see something that's like a handsome jackhammer, you're like, yeah, this this is not. This is not a flak gun. <laughs> then, yeah, for sure. Then pick it up, sell it, sure, but don't feel the need to keep it at this point. That's that's my advice. I mean, you can if you yeah. want to, and if you're a collector, and but really think about the stuff that you're picking up because otherwise, it's just gonna go into a bank, and you're gonna forget about it. And and even if you think about, oh yeah, I you know I can I can use this on this, and I'm not sure if I've got one, and I don't want to look through my bank, so I'm just gonna go farm one, I guess anyway. Yeah. Yeah, like as as cool as it is, like I don't pick up the boring gun anymore. It's yeah. just not useful. There's right. there I can't and somebody's gonna at me and that's fine, but just like <laughs> I can't think of a single of a single max level build in which I'm like Okay, so the entire build is centered around the boring gun, you know? Like it's just not I don't see it happening. So, uh, you, you gotta get the boring gun and you gotta get the road warrior class mod. No, 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 <laughs> no. So anyways, oh man, is there, I wonder if there's a, uh, <laughs> or what is, the Road Warrior class mod is not the one where you slide, um, what is, what is the Road Warrior no, class mod? I don't no, it is, it's, it's the one where you slide and it shoots the saw blades. 
Yeah, okay, that's okay. So like could you imagine getting the the boring gun and it's like while sliding, you know, you get the anointment. It's like while sliding, you get a bonus to da da da. You know, like it does fifty percent more critical hit damage or something. I because it it counts as a the boring gun is a shotgun, correct? Yes. Yeah. Could you imagine if it was something like when you when sliding, you get an extra projectile or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. What What do you Anyways. got? I got seventeen saw blades right here. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Anyway, moving right along though. So does, is it worth it to refarm? Yes, because three levels matter and it'll give you a chance to clear out a bunch of that stuff you never use. And you can also get better rules on it. So with that being said, uh, what should you actually farm to get this stuff? Well, we know that there are some specific things that you guys like to use. Uh, so we're going to talk about those first and then we're going to go to the other part. So if you're looking for specific things, mainly the things that we've noticed that have been being used a lot are the Cutsman, the Brainstormer, the Transformer, the Hornet, the Hex, the Hellfire, and the Stormfront. Those are all pretty good regardless of who you're using and what the build is. Um, so those are key aspects of a lot of different builds. So once again, just as a reminder, if you're looking for the Cutsman, you can get that specifically from Borman Nates in the Promethean outskirts. If you're looking for the Brainstormer, go for a Katagawa Ball in Skywell 27. If you're looking for the Transformer, go for Kilovolt in Electricity. Uh, if you're looking for a Hornet, go for the Chupabratch on Athenus. If you're looking for Chupacabratch. the Hex, Chupacabratch, right. If you're looking for the Hex, go for the Sky Bully in uh, the Anvil on Eden 6. Uh, if you're looking for a Hellfire, go for the Jabber Mogwai and the Voracious Canopy on Eden 6. And if you're looking for a Stormfront, go for El Dragon Jr. at the Jacobs Estate on Eden 6. Again, so the, uh, the, the Brainstormer, the Transformer, and the Cutsman, I know that I use those on the majority of my characters right now. So, mm-hmm. and uh, the Stormfront also very useful. So, yeah, all those things are, are pretty pretty good standards that you can get so well and the really great thing is that with the increased rare spawn rate so like now borminates is going to be there every time you know the uh the jabber mogwai and l dragon jr both going to be there every single time so it makes it way way easier to farm for this stuff so go out there (laughs) celebrate celebrate the fact that you can get all this that you can farm all these guys every time and get that loot yeah which is unless wow harsh anyway (laughs) unless Unless you're Drew, in which case he and I were on Discord the other day, just chatting and hanging out and whatever. And how many how many corrosive cutsmans did you end up getting when you were trying to find literally any other one? Bro, I was <laughs> furious. I don't know what was going on. I haven't looked into it further to see if it's like a community issue or anything. But I was playing and I was farming for I just like I'm not that guy that needs a cuts like a perfect cutsman in every element or anything like that. I just want a decent one in corrosive fire and shock. That's it. That's all I really give a shit about, right? Yeah. So I'm farming Borman Nates. I must have farmed that son of a bitch fifty times, right? And I actually had really, really good, you know, rate of getting legendaries because I got like six cutsmen, right? Yeah. They were all corrosive. Every one of them. <laughs> every single one of them (laughs) like what happened i don't know what the deal was and like jeff was just sitting there listening to me as i was farming these things and i was like you gotta be kidding me and he's like 
what, corrosive cuts me? I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? You know, fl- <laughs> freaking out. Oh, man, that was that's am- That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, those are some of the some of the cool specific things that you can farm. Um, I'm stoked about the fact that you can farm rare drops, uh, rare spawns way better now. Absolutely. Um, if you're just looking for stuff in general, so like my, my only issue currently is the fact that um, some of the stuff is still a bit more difficult to obtain. Um, stuff like the, like the Maggie and Lyuta, those both drop from, oh, the big dinosaur at the end of the cistern of slaughter i can never remember its name i'm not going to look it up you know what i'm talking about we it's always a, true fact we always forget that enemy's name so we just have opted for calling it not endotyrant <laughs> yeah exactly because <laughs> it's also a big dinosaur but it's not the one that drops that stuff but anyways so like so if you're looking for that kind of stuff you know things that are a bit more difficult to obtain um, you might want to just go and farm big loot drops. Um, these were all suggestions from K6, and that man knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. So um, the main ones are uh, Gigamind, Grave Ward, Agonizer 9000, and any of the... You can do the Circles of Slaughter. Personally, that's not my thing because it just takes too long. Um, sure. The, although uh, I might the- do it anyways. I might go through like the normal mode of the... like I might just go through a normal mode and... Go for it and see what happens. Um, we'll see. Sure. Know. the The big things with the uh, the big things, uh, and Drew is right about the circle of slaughters. That's that's more however you want to do it. But the big things about those is that on Mayhem Four, since the increased loot drops are just ridiculous at that point, and it's just going to keep on feeding enemies to you. So those are good opportunities to do that. It's more of a numbers game at that point. While Gigamind, Graveward, to Agonizer 9000 have a higher chance to actually drop legendaries and things like that uh, all in their one big pile, the big difference is with the Circles of Slaughters is that at that point, it's just how many times, <laughs> sounds weird saying this, but how many times can you actually get lucky <laughs> with that kind of thing? It's yeah. uh, for, any, for anyone out there, I used to work uh, in phone sales, like inside sales, and it's kind of the same thing. It's like, yeah, you have to know what you're doing and everything like that. But the old saying goes is that every time you pick up the phone is another chance to get is to catch someone at the right time. And it's the same kind of thing. Every enemy that you kill is just another opportunity to uh, is just another opportunity for the algorithm to say, hey, there's legendary. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I don't know. I haven't been one to do the uh, circles of slaughter much, but uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll change it up this time. So. Mm-hmm. So, so now we've covered the level cap increase, what it means to you. Uh, talked a lot about farming and everything like that. Let's talk about another aspect of it that was slightly different, which is they added something in that was in Borderlands 2 that I think as far as keeping this game alive with a deeper, more hardcore, hardcore community is going to help quite a bit. Uh, the next thing that we have is Guardian Rank Toggling. Uh, for those that are unaware, that just means exactly what it sounds like. You now have the option to go in and turn your guardian rank off. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people out there who say, well, why would you ever want to do that? There are several reasons for a more casual player. It would be to give yourself a little bit more of a challenge if you're looking for that. So you don't get those extra bonuses and benefits from that. That would be the first thing. However, there is another big point of this, which is that in the speedrunning community, which I'm a big fan of, uh, I always make sure to catch GDQs uh, whenever I can. And I have uh, thought about 
uh, starting to get into speed running a little bit. And then I always end up finding out I'm terrible at it and giving up right away. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Speedrunners all have to have, in order to make it fair, everyone has to have the same starting point. It would be, it's, it's literally a race, so it's the same type of situation. Uh, if you were, if somebody was trying out for the Olympics and someone was doing a hundred meter and the other person was doing 98.6 meters, well, there's clearly an unfair advantage there. They may not be much of one, but it does count. Sure. Something along, and, and like, if you're curious as to what we mean, like one of the, just as an example, one of the things that you can increase in the, uh, in your guardian rank is your luck. And let's say that, like, if you have increased luck, that could make a huge difference during a speed run. You mm-hmm. know, if you have a 12% increase to your luck and some other guy doesn't have any, you know, hasn't put any points into his luck, then you're going to have a better chance at getting better guns, and that's going to make a big difference in your speed run. So Correct, the, yeah. the fact that you can turn off guardian rank, super, super good for the speedrunning community. Yeah, absolutely. And then... Uh... In a more accessible nature, it's also going to be great for the uh, non-speedrun community at large because it'll really help with events similar to The Hunt. Uh, for those who are unaware, The Hunt has been something that's been going on in the Borderlands community for a long time. And what it is, is every unique and or legendary is assigned a different point value. And you have usually a week to uh where everyone else is participating you have a week to try and get as many points as you can by collecting these unique and legendary items to uh get the most points and see how you stack up against everybody else the same thing applies where you want to make sure that everybody is on the same playing field so now having the option to turn off guardian rank means that everyone can make a brand new character which is always how you start out you start out with a level one or level zero character and you go from there trying to collect all the different stuff that you can and this way no one will have an unfair advantage so if the first one comes up in a year uh then no one will have a benefit over anyone else that just got the game a few months before the event happens yeah yep it's definitely definitely cool i'm looking forward to it i really hope that they bring events like the hunt to uh to borderlands 3 it's a really cool thing um, that they've been doing with Borderlands 2 for a long time. So Guardian Rank toggling uh, has, is something that people talk about for a long time, and we've, we finally have that currently. And, uh, oh, double-check your stuff, though, because uh, when I went into my menu, mine was actually already automatically off again. So Right. Yep, so if you want to use it, if you want to have those benefits right away, then just make sure to go ahead and open that up when you go into the game for the first time afterwards or double check and make sure that it's already available. So uh, speaking of that, uh, Drew, what is something else that you can go ahead and toggle? Yeah, so with the with the release of the Broken Hearts event, um, we finally have something that we were crying for back when the Bloody Harvest was going on, and that's event toggling. So... You'll see it right on the main menu there. You have the ability to turn off the Broken Hearts event if you want to. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, actually the event will be over, uh, I believe, or very nearly over. So, sorry. But uh, it's it's something that I really wanted with the, with the Bloody Harvest DLC because I was just sick and tired of so many freaking ghosts and shit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just kind of over it. and. Um, 
the Broken Hearts event, while it, it's significantly less um, invasive, I would say, than than the Broken Heart, than the uh, Bloody Harvest one. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if they're going to continue with the BH, you know, event theme, like Bloody Harvest, Broken Hearts. Like, what's the next one going to be? You know. Well, what's the what's the next big thing that we've got coming up? We've got St. Patrick's Day, maybe at least. Yeah, I in- guess certain parts of the world or would it be, or would it be Easter? Yeah. I don't, I don't even know. Maybe if it's Easter, it's <laughs> maybe if it's Easter, it's, you know, brunch harvest. <laughs> event. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, you gotta um, collect eggs to make an omelet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so good. Somebody in gearbox right now is like, son of a bitch. How did he figure it out? <laughs> um, anyways. So it's, um, the Broken Hearts event is a lot less intrusive, but I'm really glad that I have the ability to turn it off because I've already taken my two max level characters and done the entire Broken Hearts event because there's yeah. no new area. It's just about taking out the hearts. And so now I have no other use for them. You know, I mean, it yeah. is it is still kind of cool. Like there are the loot hearts and you can have, you know, there's the ones that turn your uh, that turn certain mobs into allies and things like that. It's kind of neat, but I'm I'm just kind of over it. I don't need it, so I turned it off. And fucking, I don't know why this wasn't a feature in the Bloody Harvest to begin with. Sure. So, um, no, I'm really no, glad I get it's it. here. I'm stoked. Right. Um, and this is something that we didn't actually discuss, but I think it's interesting. I want to see how I want to see how doing more of these events on a regular basis changes uh, content going forward because. The big difference being is that previously we had the the headhunter packs. That was the big thing that we had on holidays. So you had the Moxie one for Valentine's Day. Um, and that also had a little bit of St. Patrick's Day stuff in it. You had Waddle Gobbler for Thanksgiving, uh, that you had Mercenary Day around Christmas, everything like that. So it'll be interesting to see how that actually works now that they're starting to do more timed events instead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with it. Um, I, I kind of prefer this method because it is totally free, and it doesn't... And even if you have like the super base version of the game, you can still get in on this stuff. Although it is a little frustrating, I'm sure, for people who are, um, let's say you pick up the game on Friday, right? Friday the 21st, the event's going to be over, you know? Mm-hmm. So you can't get, you're not going to have the chance to get um, any of the loot or anything. But I mean, I don't know. It's 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 a free event. And it's currently rewarding the people who picked up the game early, and I think it's great. And I actually pr- much prefer the bloody, or sorry, the broken hearts event over the bloody harvest event because absolutely, uh, because a of toggling and b, um, it's just um, it's a cool thing that I can do, but it's also something that I can do while I'm going along and doing my other things. You know, like right when I during the bloody harvest, I had to like jump back and. Like, okay, got, you know, however many ghosts, got to go back and see Maurice, you know, even though I'm halfway through the guts of Carnivora or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I'd really rather be like, well, I get, I'll just continue, you can either continue on to the Agonizer 9000, but then you're wasting any ghosts that you kill between where you are and the end, or, you know, 
or you have to start all over at the guts of Carnivore if you go back to Maurice. So, you know, it's kind of shitty. I prefer this format uh, a lot, so. I agree. I think I would have even been okay with having to go back to Maurice to collect the weapons, just because... I, that would have been fine. I kind of expected that, honestly. Yeah, so did I. I thought it was kind of weird that they didn't. Like, I understand ease of access, and it's nice that we can do that and everything, but uh, it's interesting that they have Maurice have his own space on Sanctuary, but all he's doing is talking to you through a radio anyway. Yeah, I would have been, I would have been fine with, like, I probably would have just gone and done the hundred hearts anyways, and then gone back to Maurice and just collected them all in a row. But yeah. Um, Anyways, so that's all stuff that we have currently. Um, So that's really great. Everything is, uh, I'm, (laughs) everything's coming up borderlands. Um, (laughs) So now stuff that uh, was addressed in the community love letter that is not here yet, but it's coming down the road. Yeah, um, we're not exactly sure on some of them when they're coming out. Some of them we do have a little bit more specific stuff on. So let's go ahead and get into that. And the first one being skippable cutscenes. <gasps> Why you take so long? Uh, we've been waiting for skippable cutscenes for a while, and yeah, this is again not. This is not just hardcore players. Um, you know, such as the big streamers and everything, but also people that play it a lot like us and even people that don't play it as much. If you have more than one character, you want, (laughs) you want skippable cutscenes. Yeah, absolutely. By the time, by the time you've played through the game with two characters, you're like, yeah, I, I, I understand. I know they're the big meanies. You got to do the shooties and then they kill this person and blah, blah, blah and whatever. Mm -hmm, Yeah, mm -hmm. that's fine. We can go ahead and skip past all that now. Yeah, specifically the ones that I'm looking forward to missing now are the the one where Troy and Tyrene strip Lilith's powers, and also the one at the end of the game where Lilith sacrifices herself, supposedly, to, uh, you know, stop the moon from whatever. I don't even care. Because <laughs> <laughs> the moon is, like, still drawing the power or something, right? Can we talk about this for a second? Like for a real, just a real hot second. Yes. So Troy moved Elpis out of alignment from where it was, right? Yeah. I think everyone on Elpis is dead now. (laughs) (laughs) Huzzah! (laughs) I'm, I'm just saying that's, that seems likely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because uh, you know, yeah, I mean, him him doing that, I'm sure at at the at the very least, that definitely messed with like the day night cycle and the rotation and everything <laughs> like that. It at the yeah. very least, it threw a bunch of stuff into chaos. At worst, everybody's dead. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Anyways, so uh, skippable cutscenes really great. Uh, just for man, just because we don't need to sit through it every single time. And then secondly, it's also going to be really great again for the speedrunners because nobody wants to sit through a 6-minute cutscene when they're supposed to be speedrunning. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, you could you could do a thing where you stop the timer, I guess, but it's it's just way better to have skippable cutscenes and just could you imagine like you're going through and you're mowing down bosses, you're doing your thing and then and then cutscene and then you just got to stop and wait for 
six minutes or whatever it is, you know, yep. and then, and then, okay, we go again, you know, it, yep. it's much better to just, just cruise right on through. Yep. Yep. And they, they do, they do take a while, especially, yeah, the, the one where you, uh, kill Troy, that one takes forever. Um, mm-hmm. the very last one where, like you said, where it's the end of Lilith, that one takes forever. So, mm-hmm. Even, well, it's it's weird too because didn't they give us the option to skip the intro cutscene first, and then they're and then they went back and they're like, oh yeah, all the rest of them too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that they give you the option to skip the intro one when you go through TVHM. All so. right, okay, gotcha. Anyway, that's but if you start I, up a new character, not so much. Right. So that's that's enough about uh, that's enough about cutscenes that's that that has got way more time than it reasonably should have but you yeah, guys know us so moving yeah. on uh they have also talked about performance and stability uh and making improvements there so apparently there are ui improvements coming with the next dlc but we have no other details at this point so uh drew i know exactly what you're going to say when i ask you about this but can for everyone at home can you please go ahead and tell us specifically what would you like fixed or improved with UI and or or performance and or stability? I want my fucking menus to load in a reasonable time. <laughs> okay. Shocking. <laughs> it's that's my biggest gripe still with like with uh, with Flack specifically. I don't know what the deal is. If I if I close the menu right when I have been on his skill trees, sorry, when I close on their skill trees, right? Yeah. I will close the menu and then when I open it. If I'll go to a new area or something, when I open it back up, it takes for god damn ever for that thing to load. Yeah. And I can't even switch over to the inventory or anything quickly enough. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I'm ready for that thing to be snappy. Make yeah. it snappy! Yeah, what is it, 15 to 20 seconds for it to load? Some- something like that, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, and I'm not sure if it's with Flax specifically or what the situation is, but I don't have quite that same issue when I'm playing with Zane. So I'm not sure what the mm-hmm. situation is there, but uh, either way, I know that there have been issues for lots of people, uh, including um, issues with split screen, which hopefully that that's a big fix that's coming soon too. Yep. Agreed. So, but that's, that's kind of it. Again, we have no more details on that. Um, yeah. It's super vague. I mean, I can, gen- I can actually read through this, paragraph quick we're continuing to work on borderlands 3 for all platforms with each of the coming patches you can expect some updates to enhance the player experience the next round of ui improvements will come with the second campaign add-on community feedback has been instrumental in shaping this improvement so if you encounter any issues please submit a ticket at support2k.com yeah they're not they're not joking about that by the way like if if you're expecting stuff to change without complaining about it then then don't Make sure, <laughs> yeah. make sure, make sure that if you're having issues and things like that, definitely let them know because they don't know to fix stuff if you don't tell them. So yeah, there's been plenty of stuff that's come through the, like the hot fixes and everything. And they're like possible progress blocker of this thing. And I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about, but somebody had an issue with that. So, you mm-hmm. know, I'm glad it's fixed. Yep. So, exactly. um, all right, moving on next, we have, uh, they're talking about fight for your life improvements. This has been something that I hadn't even thought about because now I've kind of gotten used to it, but I'm glad they're addressing it. Fight for Your Life has been kind of frustrating when you're playing uh, multiplayer. Um, the if the 
the target, right, for interacting with somebody to help revive them is very small. Yeah, like I don't it's, know why. Yeah, it's like the it's like the hit it's like the the fight for your life quote unquote hitbox is really weird. Yeah, it's really it's really strange. So they're talking about increasing the interaction radius there. I'm really looking forward to that. So it'll be a lot easier to run over to your buddy and get them healing. Um, a more visible way to identify revives between players. So I don't know if they're talking there about the you know hey your friend is hurt you need to go help him or um, if they're talking about you know or or what they're talking about specifically. But I would kind of like that because frankly there's a lot of times when you know you and Beth and I will be playing together and all of a sudden you know <laughs> you or Beth will go like help and I'm like oh sorry I didn't know you were down you know yeah. E- either just, way, I just wasn't aware. Yeah, either way, I think is good. Um, but w- I'm going to read through this paragraph too, just because it takes like no time. Uh, mm-hmm. Fight for your life is a big part of the co-op experience, and we've identified a few ways we'd like to improve the system. Specifically, we are looking at increasing the interaction radius between players, telegraphing revives to other players more clearly, and allowing multiple players to contribute to a revive. We expect to have this available in March. So, to me. The understanding of it is that the interaction radius between players, that's the hitbox thing like we were talking about. Telegraphing yeah. revives to other players more clearly. They say telegraphing revives. So what I take that to mean is that if somebody is already healing something, then a third party would be able to see that easier and say, oh, I don't need to go over there and I don't need to help that. So like uh, if if how, so if you're if you're down and I'm headed towards you but Beth gets to you first then it's more easily identifiable for me to be like oh he's he's getting healed. Yeah. However, okay. this we're almost going to have to flip our thinking a little bit too because they also say and allowing multiple players to contribute to a revive. So I I like that idea and I think it would be Helpful. So if someone goes down, somebody's trying to revive them, somebody else comes over and also starts reviving them, then they get up quicker. Mm-hmm. I would, that's I would like that actually. Idea. Yeah, I think that's super cool. And I don't know why this hasn't been a thing since Borderlands 1. <laughs> yeah. Like, why has it taken this long to do that? Also, the fact even and that even makes a difference when playing with just two people, because um I have my spider ant for my flak currently set up to where the spider ant will revive flak if it's nearby yeah. them. And so now you can come and help as well. Right. So. Yeah. It's, it's almost an interesting way to game the system that way if you're playing as flak. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that's coming in March. I'm excited about that. Um, something else they talk about is uh, Mayhem 2.0. I'll read through this one quick, too. We expanded Mayhem mode with the even tougher Mayhem 4 level in the Borderlands 3 patch and hotfixes for November 21st, but more sweeping changes are in the works for Mayhem 2.0 arriving in March. We're still fine-tuning some of its elements, and we'll have a separate update on this in the future, focusing on how Mayhem 2.0 will impact Borderlands 3 endgame experience. Wow. I'm ready for Mayhem 2.0. I'm excited about changes coming to Mayhem mode. Uh, to you, what would it look like if you were assigned the task of revamping Mayhem? They really need to rebalance the issues of how specifically Mayhem 3 works. Mm-hmm. Because 
I understand that they want to give an additional challenge in it, and that's what you can do. But based on the difficulty curve of the game, they've basically made it so that there are times where you literally just have to re-roll that. There yeah, are... agreed. E- this either, has been a either... huge gripe of ours for a long-ass time. Yeah, so it there's one of two ways you can go about it. Either you have to re-roll it if you're a solo player, or if you're playing in multiplayer, however many people you have, if it doesn't work for anyone or enough people, then you re-roll it, or you literally have to have people carry you through it. Yeah. Through yeah. that section. Sure. So what I want to see personally, I'm good with all the increases on health and shield and, and, and loot and all that stuff between mayhems one through four. I think what I want to see is I want to see no more negative modifiers. So no more negative modifiers, but you would like to see positive modifiers on both the player side and the NPC side. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So like people are like, well, no negative modifiers. Well, okay. But like, if it's if I get increased SMG damage, you know, and my opponent gets increased, you know, elemental damage or splash damage or whatever, that's I'm fine with that. I just don't want to see any more, you know, minus 25% to Jacobs and minus 40% to sniper rifles. Be like, oh, okay, so I'm that's it for that then. Yeah. You know? I just want to see positive modifiers for like you said, for both for both the player character and the enemies. Sure. That's what I want to see. I would even only I would positives. Be, I would even be okay if they set it up to do it by uh, area as well. Meaning that if it's a situation where it's all right, plus twenty five percent to sniper rifles, great. That doesn't give you any more of a challenge if you're in if you're going to fight Grave Ward. Sure. However, if it's something like 25% more fire damage, then that's something that happens in that area. So, so it would be something where you don't... Because, again, the idea is to give you an additional challenge. So let's not make it a thing where we take away the negative modifiers and only, and only buff the player characters in certain aspects. Mm, maybe. Just, just saying. But Sure. Yeah, I think that's the thing, though, is that there really should have been there really should have been some sort of leeway in between in between 3 and 4 cuz i like the way that 4 works as far as having more health and shields and everything like that armor like you said loot all that kind of good stuff i'm okay with that but the fact of how much they actually increased it between 3 and 4 is ridiculous yeah. and i would like yeah, to like, see some so but like so is the loot increase and so is the the chance for getting anointed drops and everything. So I'm not I'm still good with Mayhem 4. I, I will I, absolutely I, skip over Mayhem 3 though. Like I just go one I go either no Mayhem 1, 2 or 4. And like I just I don't fucks with 3. Oh, absolutely. And I and I totally agree, but that's that's exactly what I'm saying is they should have had a more gradual ramp from from 0 to 4 if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, uh, moving on. So something else. Um, so that's pretty much Mayhem 2.0. We don't have any more details on it other than, you know, what we read to you. Um, other items addressed in the community love letter that are uh, uh, less oh, important uh, to, to uh, us. Real, real quick, though, they did say, along with that, because I'm just going to go ahead and read this. They did say that Mayhem 2.0 is something that will be arriving in March. 
yeah in case in case we didn't paragraph so i know i'm just letting people know that's happening in march March, hopefully. We'll see. Uh, other items addressed in the community level letter. Echo Twitch, EchoCast Twitch extension expansions. Um, so what they're talking about is they want to add even more kinds of event types. Uh, they're hoping to introduce a Moxie-themed event, uh, which they first teased at GuardianCon 2019, uh, that would let you mix up buff or debuff uh, inducing cocktails for the streamer using Twitch bits. Uh, we're aiming to have this ready for EchoCast Twitch extension in March. That's pretty cool. Um, next, uh, they had a section called Our Approach to Balance Changes. What they said basically is like, look, we don't want to nerf stuff, but sometimes we have to. That's right. essentially what that entire two-paragraph thing comes down to. Right. And then, sorry. No, I was going to say, I I understand that, too. Uh, I know that there are people out there who are of the mindset of, you know, no nerfs, only buffs. And and I get it, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's I mean, very if, clear. Yeah, I mean, like with the Ion Cannon, like we knew that that nerf was coming because it was just so good. Yeah. When it came out, it's just, what are you going to do in that case? Like buff everything? You would have to buff literally everything. Yeah, same same kind of thing. I mean, it's almost exactly what they did in Borderlands 2, and we don't want that situation again where it's like, oh, Salvador with a grog nozzle and a double penetrating um, Herald is God mode, so we got to balance everything around that. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, for anyone that's playing Gage uh, and is not running Anarchy, sorry. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Or anyone playing any Axton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um... Yeah, it's really, I mean, we, nerfs are going to happen, they have to happen, even if it's a PvE situation, so, yeah, you know. Uh, anyway, lastly, uh, they ha- they say more to come at PAX East, so uh, they have a presentation uh, 2.30 Eastern Time, or 11.30 Pacific, on Thursday, February 27th at PAX East. They're going to reveal the new DLC in full, in addition to some other uh, announcements, I suppose. Uh, we, don't, yeah. we don't know what those are, but I'm super stoked. So that means that, actually, as of the time of this thing releasing, we are going to be uh, about a week away from finding out what the new DLC is. So, uh, talking about that, what do you think the chances are that they pull a Nintendo on us and are just like, and it's available right now? <laughs> I think the chances are actually... I don't know. When did when did the Moxie DLC release? Um what a few weeks ago? Maybe a month ago? Somewhere around yeah, there? Yeah, something like that. Um yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't remember right offhand when it first dropped. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna do, do it. it. Yeah. So <clears throat> But anyways. Either way, either way it'll be interesting. They always have I'm not I'm not I'm not saying it's gonna be a, a good show but it'll always be interesting with Gearbox around. Oh, actually, Jeff, this thing, it's the Moxie's Heist has been out for two months. Has it really already? Yeah, the initial release date was uh, December 19th, so six days before Christmas. Wow, jeez. Yeah. All right. So by, the time, so by the time the next, they do the PAX thing, it'll be like two months and a week. So I think it'll be available within like two weeks or so. I would say that's of probably them, about of right. Them announcing it about about three months sounds seems legit. Yeah, because I think that the idea is to do one every quarter, right? Just like 
like the Moxie's heist came approximately three months after the the game release, you know. So the next mm-hmm. one will be approximately three months after that one. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah. Uh, either way, like I said, their PAX show will be interesting. Uh, what what magic trick do you think Randy is going to do this time? God, I none. I hope it's none. <laughs> I hope it's or or I hope it's something like passive. You know, like he doesn't actively do anything weird or anything. It's just like you know. All right, that's our panel. Have a good time. Oh, by the way, this podium has been totally fake the whole time. Poof, you know. And then, all right, <laughs> you know. That would be the most impressive to me. That so. would actually that would actually be pretty amazing. I'm not gonna lie. So yeah, but it's always you know. Like, I, I get it, and I understand that magic is a passion of his. I mean, we had Penn and Teller voice characters who are basically themselves in the game. Sure. So, but, I don't know, man. It's always interesting. It's always, it's always like a 10-minute setup for a thing where it's like, surprise! <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, I just want something quick and easy. Be like, be like, and by the way, Paul Sage, uh, pick up your microphone. You know, and he picks it up, and it's actually a duck. I don't know. You know, like <laughs> it's actually a duck. <laughs> That's what I want. Something like that. So anyways, Surpri- uh, surprise, mother ducka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Anyways, anyway. so that's the that's our that's the wrap up of the community love letter. Um, so the next episode, I don't. We're, we're gonna have new info on the DLC. I don't know if we're gonna actually like. We may talk about that, like, in the news or something like that, but I kind of hope to get back to something a little bit more technical and talking about, um, you know, actual gameplay and everything. Um, yeah. I like doing... You and I started this podcast because, like, anybody can do the news. And so we we try to talk about the news if it's really important and how it affects the game. But what, I re- what we really like is the fact... is the ability to do, like, builds and, you know... Um, and things of that nature in an audio form. So right. um, I kind of want to get back to that and maybe just talk about the DLC news as news at the beginning. Yeah. No, I like we'll that. I, I think we can definitely do that. Cause I want to get, I want to get into some more meaty stuff about mechanics and gameplay and numbers and guns and skills and everything too. So yes. Yeah, I agree. Maybe. Okay, cool. Uh, I, I don't know what we're going to do, but now that we're, now that we do have some more time with, the game and everything like that. Maybe we'll have to look a little bit more into reviving our first episode kind of type situation where we have best non-legendary and unique guns in Borderlands three. Mm, that'd be cool. So, cause I can think of, I can think of two categories right off hand, but I'm not going to spoil them. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of weapons though, I think it's, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going <laughs> to say like, I know I could spoil one of them right now. <laughs> Shut I'm up. Not <laughs> shut your mouth <laughs> so, anyway uh speaking of guns though uh going on god all right anyway uh in a shock to no one uh we are going to talk about a gun that you can only get at the recording of this episode uh and it, it is called the no it, it, no but like but yeah at the recording but like at the time this comes up like if you're just hearing about this if you've been on a vacation for a week or something you're shit out of luck sorry dude Flack. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) uh, fun fact for you all there. The first three notes of the sad theme in uh, Price is Right are the first are the regular first three notes of the happy theme as well. It's just the last. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
It's just whether you go on to do more stuff or if you just go barrow afterwards. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we have the wedding invitation, which is part of the Broken Hearts event. It is a legendary Jacob sniper rifle that is only obtainable by destroying 100 hearts during said event. So the nice thing is that all the stats on the weapon are fixed. I mean, that's not as nice, but no matter what level you do it at, uh, you will always receive it as a level 53 weapon. The only variables that are actually on the gun uh, are the possible anointments. Uh, however, uh, it is very good. Uh, even if you do not get an anointed version, uh, people have been talking about it. Kind of the consensus is on action skill and uh, gain an additional 100% damage for a few seconds is kind of the consensus as far as the best one in. in yeah, that. agreed. So, um, Drew, you sure it's not while airborne? It does blah 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 more damage. Yeah, it's nothing not like one. nothing like while airborne anointment on a Jacob sniper rifle. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so the red text reads, "Will you be the rest of my life?" Uh, I think that's I think that's funny because it's it's um it's it's kind of tongue in cheek, you know? Yeah. About uh, about the rest of your life. Um, anyways, mm -hmm. uh, the gun is always incendiary, and upon critical hit, the wedding invitation will do all of the following: return ammo to the magazine, cause splash damage. And three, create a ricocheting projectile that does cryo damage. That's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. <laughs> um, and because of this, it's good for multiple characters. Uh, Jeff, you want to tell us who and why? Sure. Uh, the obvious answer immediately right offhand because of the critical hit nature and just the sniper rifle. Uh, sniper, <laughs> the sniper rifle. <laughs> the... the <laughs> It's either the sniper rifle or the sniper rifle. You get your choice. <laughs> <laughs> I like sniper rifle. <laughs> so uh, it's excellent for Flack uh, because of that and his critical hit damage that he has. It's also amazing for Zane and his cryo damage, and he has a lot of critical hit aspects uh, for his builds as well. Um, additionally, honestly, though, it's really good for Moe's and her splash damage. And since it returns ammo to you anyway, that will just feed more into your infinite ammo Moe's if you want to. And because it does elemental damage, guess what? It's also good for Amara. This, yeah. uh, they did a good job on this one, making sure that it's a weapon that fits well for most any play style within the game. So it's a solid choice for just about anyone that wants it. So again, returns ammo to the magazine, causes splash damage, creates a ricocheting projectile that does cryo damage. So, you know, great for anyone. So if, if you're listening to this and if you haven't gotten it yet, Please go out and do that. You will you will not regret it. If you sure. if you can. This may this may be up by the time the event's over. You know what? Uh I'm gonna try and get this uh I hope I really hope future Jeff can commit to what past Jeff is about to say. But <laughs> uh I'm gonna try and get this up in the morning uh on Thursday instead of at night. So hopefully that helps. I'm not sure if it even goes Ooh. on that Thursday. But if it yeah, does, know. you know, anyone that's driving to work or school or whatever, hopefully that helps. In, in which case, if this ended like the night before or a couple of nights before, then sorry. That's not on me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So. so, but yeah, that is the wedding invitation. It's a fantastic weapon. Uh, get you one. <laughs> <laughs> get you some of that! Woo! All right. <laughs>
Uh, Anyways, anyways. that's going to wrap up our episode. We'll talk to you again in two weeks uh, when uh, we'll have a little bit more info on the upcoming DLC. So we will talk to you then. Good luck and good drops. Bye.